We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and guess what? It's Abe. That was so loud. <laughs> you're going to see, you're going to look back at the recording and be like, why is this so distorted in the beginning? <laughs> like shouting. Aaron, I'm back. Hey, thanks for holding down the fort for two weeks. For sure. You're, you're now with us in the future of yes, 2022. Exactly. Yeah. The USA Today says, uh, you know, crime boss framed. So. <laughs> okay. Or whatever it says for uh, for Griff Tannen. Uh, out now is a film podcast where Abby and I discuss new movies weekly. We like to dig into uh, movies we most explore for review or have these special bonus episodes, which is what we're doing mm-hmm. right now. We, uh, yeah. we, we have another bonus. Um, this, is, uh, this is what we've been doing for the past few weeks just because there's a lot of movies coming out. And it's just fun to get some reviews out there and yeah. everything because why not? It's fun to cover stuff. And this, uh, this for this bonus episode, we're covering uh, Don't Look Up. The new Adam McKay film featuring an ensemble cast that's streaming now on Netflix. Um, so yeah, that's what we'll be doing here. But we got some other stuff we got to get to. Uh, but first up, Happy New Year's, everybody! Happy New Year, everybody! Welcome yeah. to 2022. We've uh, we've made it once again. We'll, we'll see if this year <laughs> is better than the last. <laughs> with the movie that we're going to be talking about, and you know what's been going on with COVID, you know, we got to keep our hope alive. <laughs> Yeah, I, I hear you. We're two days in and nobody's <laughs> tried to, you know, commit treason on a massive scale. So I feel like we're on a good track. So well, you know, they, they've got four more days so. <laughs> leading up to it so to really to really seal the deal if we're going to be Can okay. Can you believe that, that was a year ago? That's yes. A year ago. That's wild. All right. Uh, no, enough yeah. of that. <laughs> Let's get to some show notes. Um, real quick stuff, because uh, we're not going to do too much here beyond the review, but um, a new commentary track is coming uh the new scream movie is coming next week's gonna be the fifth screen. wow i know and uh um, right time for the holidays exactly exactly right <laughs> and so for this month's commentary we're talking about the original scream the 1996 slasher film um so be stay tuned for that because that's going to be a fun one to record i feel um mm-hmm. and of course itunes user ratings we've had a lot of fun stuff recently so be sure to you know hop up some of the itunes charts if you appreciate what we've been churning out <laughs> yeah. for you Thank you so much in advance. If you don't do it, that's okay too, I guess. I guess. I guess, but it'd be nice to get a couple new ones for the new year. I feel like that'd be fun. <laughs> uh, we could read them and everything. Um, but okay, let's uh, let's move on now. Let's do a little. Let's do some out now quickies. Trademark. <laughs> Trademark. That's the first one of the year. Oh wow! <laughs> it was melty, but you know, uh, you know, we got there. You haven't been on for a few weeks, and I, know I have you're, not. You're still catching up on some stuff, but you you did yeah. manage to see Spider Man, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, is that the one that they called No Way Home? Yes, that one. Okay, got it. Yes, I did watch that. Uh, I watched that a while ago. I listened. I did I listen to your. Uh, I can't remember if I listened to our episode on it, but um, we I talked did about enjoy it with it. Uh, with Brad and um and um and, oh um, Ethan yeah and, and um Peter. <laughs> okay, yeah. I I actually probably skimmed through because now their voices are starting to sound familiar and. Uh, and you guys talked about a lot of um, steaks and whatever else too. Um, S T E A K, you know, the meat. Exactly. Uh, so, and uh, Peter was just very hungry that episode. But I quite enjoyed Spider Man No Way Home. I thought that there was a lot of completeness to the other characters as well. The other, are we, am I, am I allowed to say things about it? I mean, I mean we did on the episode. <laughs> necessarily I mean, it, it has been out for like a month now. But yes, there there was a lot of completeness to the other characters that show up, and it was fun to see. It's fun to see them uh, continue to, uh, I guess, be fun, but at the same time, allow them to be characters. 
because you would think that they might show up for a cameo or whatever else, but no, they actually are like a large part of the third act. They're in the movie. Yeah, they're oh, in that the surprised movie for like me, at least yeah. an hour, yeah, uh, which is great because I think that you actually really get a, a larger um, feel for how much joy this franchise has brought over the, the past few decades. I don't know. That, that's yeah, that's a weird that, thought to 2002, say. Yeah, 2000, yeah. 20th year anniversary this year for the first one. So. Right. So the other thing is also, I, so I did have a small little hiccup with the movie about the moral play that really sets everything into motion, more of like the Aunt May side of things. Mm-hmm. I quickly got over that because I was like, okay, well, you know, they have to do this. And also he's a teenager. I guess Peter Parker is always trying to do the right thing, or at least Tom Holland's Peter Parker is really trying to do the right thing in, in all the movies that he's in. But I quickly got over that, even though it was kind of a question of why do you care so much about these people that you've never met before and are from a different dimension? Like they should be taken care of in their own dimension, but whatever the action was really fun and really uh, great. I actually really enjoyed the, um, the bittersweet ending. It was, it was nice, but at the same time, it was one of those things where, Oh wow, this really, you know, elevates, uh, Peter Parker into becoming more of like Spider-Man because, he is, you know, working in his or he living in his apartment now, kind of just like sewing his own suits. No more Stark technology to help him out because they don't really know him anymore. Um, and I thought it was like a nice ending. I, I it kind of really uh, did what a movie is is really uh, what movies good movies tend to do, which is leave you wanting more or leave you wanting wanting to know what happens next. Uh, so I thought that it was a well done trilogy. Um, and you know, the singers of the singers. One of them more, I think we're going to get to the other one, but one of them a little bit more just like, I guess this is fine. But, um, you know, the Eddie Brock stuff is just like, whatever. So I thought it was fine. Or I'm sorry, I thought it was a really good movie. I thought I enjoyed it quite a bit. I would say if you could travel back in time, you definitely should. Because this is definitely what I would consider a, like a playoff game movie, which hmm. if you go, it would be great to have like a raucous crowd with you. Like I, I still went where it was safe. You know, I, I stayed away from at least like three rows of people. My theater was like half full. I got like the last showing of that day, but that back row, the last three back rows were like super full. And there was a lot of hooping and hollering, a lot of like energy, a lot. Of, really well done. I was really impressed by the movie. Yeah. Not to repeat any, too many of my thoughts here, but I think you put it good, put it well, as far as saying it leaves you wanting more. I do think that is, that can be the mark of a good movie. And yeah, I mean, whatever misgivings I have, I do. I did like the movie quite a bit. I've seen it three times now at this point. It's very wow. fun. Yeah. I saw, I saw it again with my lovely girlfriend and, and we had a great time there. And then I saw yeah. it with my dad and he really enjoyed it too. There you go. Um, what formats did you watch it in? I, I've seen it in IMAX and like a, an RPX Regal's okay. premium screen. So I've seen okay. it. Not you the know, rumble in, seats? Not, not, not the, we didn't see it in 40X. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, I don't know what they're called. <laughs> we didn't see it in the version where like, where, where Spider-Man's thwips like spray you with water. <laughs> <laughs> and when they get into the discussion of like, it comes out of your body? So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's certainly, a, it's, it's a fun time. Yeah. Um, seeing that movie. I've seen a, a few things that I'll just go mm-hmm. through really quickly here. First up, I saw American Underdog. I saw that with my lovely girlfriend. That was, that's the Kurt Warner uh, yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. Um, she Talk loved about playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Playoffs. Uh, <laughs> remember that? Yeah, <laughs> um, I do. But she she loved the film. I thought it was pretty good too. I think for one of okay. these kind of sports stories, um, it plays with the, you know the you know the kind of conventions of this kind of plot rather well. Sure. I think Zachary Levi, um, he he does a really good job as Kurt Warner, and mm-hmm. um, 
really yeah. using those uh those Shazam muscles. He's using using those Shazam muscles. <laughs> Dennis Quaid's in it briefly, but he does a good job as the as the coach for the right. uh, for the, the um, Rams for the Rams. Um, yeah. but just a good all around, like very you know family friendly, solid sports movie. So, yeah. Did you find it to be faith based? It's certainly like acknowledging the fact that Kurt Warner mm-hmm. is a, you know a person that very much is you know has his faith and whatnot and like you know it's it's handling you know his you know his his faith and what have you in a way that i think works well for the film it benefited from having a a kind of uh more universal feel as far as how i want to kind of treat that aspect of the story nice where where do they end the movie it goes into his like first big game okay and then it kind of leads it kind of montages its way towards the end as far as how that season went yeah got it okay yeah, it's really about like his first big success with the Rams. That's as far as like where where it like ends up. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that's uh, cool. Yeah. All right. Um, a few other things. Let's see. Uh, the Velvet Underground. This is the um, oh, the documentary. The documentary that's on Apple. Quite good. Yeah. I I can't say I'm like a, a diehard Velvet Underground fan, but I am a fan of them. It's, mm-hmm. neat, it's just neat to hear you know about. It's it's neat to hear about the uh, the evolution of that band and like Nico and things like that. Um, Nico the singer. Yes. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, okay. just because you know, obviously she's involved along with like Andy Warhol and just the, the like the scene they were in and what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a solid doc. Okay, uh, I rewatched Flea, which I hadn't. I saw that back in, I believe Sunday when it, whatever it first premiered, mm-hmm. uh, wherever. But that's the animated documentary um, about the uh, the refugee uh, who's dealing with his own sexual identity and what have you. It's a very mm-hmm. good movie. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to see it because I've just been hearing so much about it lately. It's like, I want to watch that because it has it's just going to be nominated it. for a couple of categories, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it's up for it. It could very well be international documentary and animated, which would wow, feel like the, I feel like that'd be unprecedented to gain all three yeah. of those categories. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. Memoria. Um, this film mm-hmm. stars Tilda Swinton as a woman who s- starts hearing a strange otherworldly noise that just kind of gets repeated every now and again in her head. So and, a typical Tilda Swinton movie. Sure. But <laughs> it's very, it, it's like, it's very art house. It's odd. And it's quite long. I, I appreciate what the movie is doing. I don't like it nearly as much as other people do, but I still like, I was into the, I feel like in the right setting, you could really appreciate the movie itself. If you're kind of into that thing, it has this weird release strategy where it's like, maybe going to play in like one city at a time forever. Um, so it's traveling like, roadshow yeah so i have no idea what the availability is but fortunately while i would have preferred to see this in a theater it is in the neon press screeners okay. awards package <laughs> so i'm like well i have yeah. it so that's nice you know who's jealous about that quentin tarantino okay <laughs> yeah because he's just like you know what i would have loved to do this for hateful eight just like travel literally by wagon yeah, exactly. and go to like major cities and have my movie play and lastly i watched willie's wonderland this is the Nicolas Cage horror film where he is entirely silent the whole movie. Um, oh. And he gets a brief job um, working at this. It's like a Chuck E. Cheese, Willy's Wonderland, that kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah. <clears throat> and the the robotic animals in there are uh, sentient and yeah. <laughs> are, te- are killing people. So it's right. a slasher movie where Nick Cage happens to be involved. I watched um, the trailer and I, I thought it very much reminded me of like Five Nights at Freddy, which you know is the video yeah. game where, where you've mm-hmm. got to go to basically a haunted Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, <laughs> use the use the doors to close them out before the uh, they get you. Yeah. Um, this one, not great. Okay. It's not like, it's not bad, but it's like, it's not, it's one where it's like, oh, one time watch was fine <laughs> with mm-hmm. this compared to other Nicholas, like Pig, uh, which is nothing like this movie, but is excellent. It's like, well, on Hulu now. Uh, it's on Hulu now, along with um, uh, Prisoners of the Ghostland. I think it's, that's on AMC, I think AMC hmm. Plus or whatever. 
but you know, Kane has had quite a few movies uh, recently, and uh, yeah, Pig is certainly the best one. Yeah. Of did you guys talk about his new trailer? Um, which for, oh yeah, for we did, we did, one... we did on okay. yeah, on our Nightmare Alley episode, we talked about the okay. unbearable, bearable <laughs> weight of one. massive talent, and that <laughs> it, I, I hope it's fun. I hope it's as fun as the premise. <laughs> yeah. So. When he gets to the the uh, Caster Troy, you know, thing, I was like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm glad that you did a face off reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's what I've been watching. Yeah. Okay. And that's on please. Trademark. Let's move on now. Let's get to a quick trailer talk here for one of the new movie trailers of the week when it's coming out. What we thought of it would have you this week. We're talking Doctor Strange in the oh. Multiverse of Madness. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> what? I, I like your faux surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm, I'm the. This uh, is I'm the first I'm hearing of this. Yeah. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> sir. I beg your pardon. When the did multiverse they start the of Madness? Yeah. Is this what you're telling me that Spider Man? <laughs> Loki and uh, uh what uh, what's the the uh neighborhood one with Scarlet Witch? One division. One division. Is this what you were telling me? This is all about. I, I wish it, we should now change the one division to Untitled Scarlet Witch Neighborhood Project. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or as they called it, you know, spec script shooting, diamond in the rough. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the sequel to Doctor Strange. Um, it once again stars Benedict Cumberbatch and Benedict Long, the two Bennies, um, <laughs> as the Sorcerer Supremes. <laughs> well, one of them is Sorcerer Supreme because, you know, he didn't blip. I, I, I assume that'll be a, a point of contention in the movie. So <laughs> um, it, points, it brings back Chiwetel Ejiofor along with Rachel McAdams and also joins in um, Elizabeth Olsen, um, as well as Michael Stuhlbark, I believe, is also in the in the in in this film. Mm. Um and uh yeah we're diving into more into the multiverse after uh, they've explored it in the previous spider-man film it looks like there's gonna be some repercussions and um, speaking of repercussions not really just a way to get to a next <laughs> statement um sam raimi is directing this film which yeah. uh for me is very exciting <laughs> because i'm a big sam raimi fan and he has not made a movie since oz the great and powerful which is insane to think about that is insane to think about i forgot yeah. that he had made that you know yeah. zach braff is proud of it yeah yeah and that movie's like 10 over 10 years old so it's what? Like, oh my god it's been a long time since we got a new sam raimi movie let alone yeah. a superhero sam raimi movie so i for me i the trailer you know it's a trailer it's not you see so only so much of it i'm just very curious how much control raimi has over his very distinct visual style sure. if that's going to be present in the movie but Dave, how about you uh quick question for you um were you a fan of derrickson and uh the writer our robert Robert Cargill? Cargill? Yeah. Like, as, did you did you like their, how their vision of Strange, Strange was work? and how they kind of were explaining how they wanted to do the second one? I will I will say like I like Doctor Strange fine. I think it's fairly average Marvel movie overall, but I do think the the visual approach to his world is very interesting to me and that's mm-hmm. like that's something I really liked in Spider-Man for example as far as how Strange's world works. I like what Derrickson introduced in that first film and how they've sure. kind of tried to hold on to that in the subsequent films featuring strange. Yeah. So like the fact that they're gone, it's like, okay, that's unfortunate as far as I'm curious what their continued vision was going to be. Sure. But I am curious what Raimi's going to add to it as far and, you know, and whatnot. Yeah. I um, mean, given that Raimi's background is much more in like, you know, the, the same genre of, horror as what they want to describe you know making a marvel horror movie I, mm-hmm. i'm excited for it too like the trailer itself plays at the end of no way home that's the second singer credit it's just a full trailer or at least you know a, yeah. a long like two minute trailer which they released online like the next week yeah, so exactly <clears throat> so i thought that it was a good trailer it's effective in that it you know keeps you wanting more because 
we are so involved in phase four multiverse now that I'd be curious to see how the sorcerers or as Tony Stark would call them, you know, the, the magicians um, would do this. So I I'm curious as to like how this is all going to play out given that dark Dr. Strange. Uh, and I I'm pretty thrilled to have, you know, Benedict doing two things, but if Wong just all of a sudden like leaves after the first frame, I'm going to be so mad. Like you got to give Wong some more screen time here, guys. But I'm excited for for where, where we're going to go and for who is behind it. Um, you know, I'm also excited for Sam Raimi's brother to do a cameo. Yeah, yeah, Ted, yeah. I can't wait for to he's see in every one of them. We're Ted Raimi, Bob, Ted Raimi, and Bruce Campbell for that matter. Here's <laughs> we're both we're both these guys land uh-huh. and the Oldsmobile, the uh, the the tan Oldsmobile is always a, a staple in <laughs> Raimi film, but that's easy. They're in New York. I'm sure there'll be ten of them. Um, but, it's, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more Wong is great. Like he's it's it's he's been a a real fun player in these yeah. recent Marvel movies. So the fact that there's more Wong to go around is uh, very exciting. And it's, you know, we're in phase four, like you mentioned, you know, this movie's bringing in the WandaVision show, like that lore, like mm-hmm. or whatever, as well as what it seems like the what if stuff with evil Doctor Strange, like that's a thing in that yeah. show as well. So it's this, I'm, I'm curious how, you know, this seems like a very tied in film as far as the overall arc of whatever, you know, we're edging towards for right. this series of Marvel films. Obviously we had Thanos in the first set. So now I'm curious if like this movie is going to introduce like, more of where we're headed with all of yeah. this it ensures like a larger scale yeah villain. yeah yeah i'd be so. curious about that too and you know I, I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out to be dr robotnik because because <laughs> uh, knuckles is showing up in sonic 2 so you know everybody's going for alternate alternate versions of themselves kind remember of when the first sonic happened and people were like this is the ugliest sonic and they changed it and now people are like i can't wait for knuckles look how cool knuckles looks guys Dude, I, was more, more. I was more excited for tails <laughs> I was like, Tails is here? And he's like, so fun. He's got his plane. We've come a long way from like, ugly, ugly to, I cannot wait to see more of these characters in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do it, you got to do it the way that the the box art looks. I mean, Otherwise... they're, they're doing their credit. They're doing it. And you know, yeah, Sonic exactly. Was, I, it only fun, took the internet. So. Yeah, it only took the internet to change it. So. Which is has dangerous repercussions, just like yes. messing with the multiverse, which is what we're talking about. Indeed, right indeed. So I am curious how they're going to tie in all the shows, like you mentioned, because again, not just one division, but Loki also goes there as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so we'll see where all this goes, and we'll see whatever's going on with Chuatelogy for his wig in this movie, also. So like lots of things to look forward to. <laughs> Um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness opens in theaters May 6th, so it's my it's my kickoff birthday movie this year. There you <laughs> um, go. Um, coming in that first week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, uh, you know, get ready to get strange. <laughs> Is that their hashtag? That's what it should be. Get ready to yeah. get strange. Again. That's again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a good one. Get ready to get strange. That is we should pitch that one. Yeah. Let me let me call let me call Kev afterwards. Well, you know, he's got burner phones, so you gotta be careful. I got. I got to get the right one. Yeah. <laughs> There's. It's like. A, it's like when you're. It's like a Google Authenticator. <laughs> like I need oh, to yeah, like yeah. type in the right thing at the, within 30 yeah. seconds, or else it messes up and I have to wait like yeah. three hours. Uh, yeah, that's all right. Speaking, speaking of authenticators, hashtag strongest Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> Point break. Okay. Um, let's move on. Now. Let's get to our main review for Don't Look Up. This is not real. This is not real. This isn't happening. Kate, uh, tell me this isn't really happening. 
I hear there's uh, something you don't like the looks of. We discovered a very large comet. Oh, good for you. It's headed directly towards Earth. This comet is what we call a planet killer. At this exact moment, I say we sit tight and assess. Sit tight and assess? Sit tight. And then assess. The sit tight part comes first, then you gotta digest it. That's the assessment period. This is the worst news in the history of humanity. He just blew us off. What are we gonna do? We have to release the information. So we just leak it. Our guests today have made a pretty big discovery in space. How big is this thing going? I can't destroy my ex-wife's house. Is that possible? <laughs> There's a 100% chance that we're all going to die. Okay. Hey. Hey. <laughs> well, the handsome astronomer can come back anytime, but the yelling lady, mm, not, so not so much. Okay, that should have been some of the trailer for Don't Look Up. Adam McKay made a subtle shift from seemingly broad comedies to straight-up satirical comedy dramas. It became clearer and clearer when watching The Other Guys and Anchorman 2 lead into The Big Short, which won him a Best Screenplay Oscar. Vice was a logical step, regardless of how well it was received. Mixed reactions versus eight Oscar nominations. Now we have Don't Look Up a film that plays somewhat like the best of both McKay worlds. On the one hand, the film is a disaster comedy about three scientists, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, and Rob Morgan, trying to convince the world of the threat presented by a world-destroying comet. On the other hand, it's an allegory for climate change and the notion of how some people in charge are working harder to continue benefiting themselves by pushing ways to discredit these sorts of threats that affect everyone. The film features an all-star cast that also includes Jonah Hill, Mark Rylance, Kate Blanchett, Tyler Perry, Timothy Chalamet, Ron Perlman, Himish Patel, Melanie Linsky, and Meryl Streep as the president. Abe, yes. this film has been the talk of the town, it would seem, and it currently sits in the number one slot on Netflix. Wow. How did you feel about the latest McKay McMovie? Uh, no, what did you <laughs> McKay McMovie? <laughs> uh, it, it, this movie is absurd in so many ways. Um, this is a movie that is ironic and um, silly and sad and serious and makes you angry. It, it elicits a lot of emotions from Adam McKay, who we on the podcast here have have really learned or grown to love, like the messages that he puts in his movies um, since like his Anchorman days, uh, even earlier on. So almost every movie that, that Adam McKay uh, makes and directed has had some sort of message. And I mean all of these things in multiple definitions of absurdity, uh, irony, uh, et cetera, minus like the anger and like minus like the, um, the frivolity uh, of some of these things. But I thought that this movie was sadly uh, an exact replication and uh, I guess um, scenario of what could play out if something like this happened. You mentioned an allegory for climate change. I mean, it's an allegory for a lot of things, too, whether that's like the COVID vaccine or uh, almost anything that you could probably think of where there might be like a public opinion or a, a separate public opinion. And I mentioned the absurdity mostly just because it's like, well, you would think that as you're watching this and these people are going into things, it's hilarious that we talked about Armageddon prior to uh, coming onto the show. But, you know, some of these movies where you might take it from the standpoint of, um, oh, there's something happening. Like, let's step up and let's be American about this and and really try and uh, do like Independence Day or Armageddon and just send like the best men into into the comet to fight it off. And they kind of do do that with one of the characters here, Ron Perlman. And that's a, a funny thing and a funny bit. 
but I think overall the process or the, the takeaway that I got was like, this is a very, with like today's um, societal connections and also the way that we view science data, whatever, like everyone seems to have an opinion, but everyone doesn't like to listen to some of the people that know the best opinions, like even up in the white house, I'm not talking about like what they're talking about specifically, but even to the point where, um, where Jonah Hill and his mom, Meryl Streep, president Orlean are just saying like, well, we should probably go and check out the Ivy leagues instead of like Michigan state for, for this. So I was very happy with how the movie ended as well. Um, minus like the senior credit at the end of the thing. I mean, that's funny, but just the way that the movie ends is just one of those things where I was like, yeah, that's a very fitting way for this to happen. And even when they're uh, at that end scene, it's quite emotional. It is really, is really well done. You know, I was feeling the goosebumps uh, from a technical level. I love the score. I think the score is done the score by is great. Yeah. Yeah. Bertel. But, yeah. Bertel who has done succession. Um, so there's like a fun whimsy to it, but also like a lot of strings and you can really hear like the, uh, um, the way that he's sort of having fun with like what he's seeing on the screen. I also love the editing in this, um, the editing in this, like you're just wondering yourself, why are they like freezing this frame or why are they cutting away immediately? It's like, I think that the editing really helps to uh, underscore uh, certain scenes. Um, I mean, like the editing at the end there, where you basically, you know, like when they when they land on um, Rob for a quick moment, uh, I was just like, wow, this is this is well done. So I, I enjoyed the editing. I mean, the writing is great too. Adam McKay wrote this with um, somebody else, but David um, Sirisol. David, yeah. So David and Adam, they wrote some really good zingers, some really good lines, and it you really say, uh, just to, just to put it out real quick. Yeah. He, David David Sirota. He's a, he was a columnist at the, at the Guardian. He's a, oh, there you go. Yeah, he's a yeah. political spokesman and what have you. Yeah, and my last point was essentially like this certainly feels like McKay wrote, I mean, he obviously did, wrote and sort of directed this in the previous administration uh, where Meryl Streep is sort of playing uh, a Republican president with uh, you know the current zeitgeist and the current uh, talking points and agenda and outlets that sort of either like beckon and or uh feed off of sound bites and clips so again this is like a blistering this is this is mckay's blistering uh uh fu to these serious narratives and and also like an fu to an administration that that sort of didn't listen to uh, some serious things around either climate change and or again covid and we're still paying the price for it, and we will continue to pay the price for it. You know, for how angry this movie is, I'm. It, it's fun how much I enjoyed the movie. <laughs> like, it's it, it. You're not wrong as far as like the things that it's throwing out there, and what it's going after, what it's attacking, which extends beyond just like yeah the previous administration, but also just like the way the world can be as far as how to regard things, the way we discredit uh, the people that have the most knowledge um, in favor of others that just frankly don't um, or mm-hmm. others that have interests that are far in a way not the right things to have interests in such as how to make more money off of something um and the movie find don't look up finds ways to really go after that in ways that in a you know in a drama it would <laughs> it would be very unsatisfying and yet effective to kind of hear this stuff placed in such a direct way but in this movie it's a you know it's a comedy (laughs) that has poignant and dramatic and sad moments but it is also very funny um i've seen this movie a couple times now i just watched it again with my dad and he really liked it Mm -hmm. um 
all the elements that it has going for it, I think really uh, work well. I think uh, the cast is, I mean, it's, it's a terrific lineup of actors and I think most of them do a great job. Uh, DiCaprio and Lawrence, I think make a good team together. And when they kind of get separated for a while, I think the movie kind of suffers, honestly, I think Mm -hmm. the, the, the way they work them as these scientists that are trying to do this thing, I think is effective comedy work that also has, you know, the, the, you know the kind of grit that it's going for sure but, the, but then you have so many other people here you have hill and rylance and chalamet and whatnot and i some of them i think are more effective than others i think rylance for example is not the best in terms of what they're trying to do with his character where i think hill i think is really enjoyable <laughs> in this movie um even though he's playing <laughs> I mean, like the broadest of the characters here yeah um hill has like a great scene where he's like you want to come to and he just closes the door I just, yeah he bursts out laughing he's got so much good comedy lines in this there's a lot where he says thanks for dressing up and tries to give a pound and that that killed me but, um, <laughs> yeah but we'll he like tries more... to throw her like a fit pound yeah yeah we'll, we'll talk more about the cast as we go but i yeah, mean yeah. there's a lot of funny players and people that kind of get what the vibe of this thing is yeah. um and i do think there are some really great moments in this as far as underlining what mckay's going after one's a big outburst scene involving dicaprio yeah and another is that ending point as far as where a good chunk of the cast is when we're kind of getting towards the end of this movie. And I, mm-hmm. the, the way it's balancing both the, you know, the severity of what's happening and how to like, if people have to just like yell and shout to the point of like making sure someone gets something and then they still don't, it's like, well, at least they, it's, it's going after something there that feels very much like McKay yelling at his screenplay, <laughs> trying to make this sure. thing work. And at the same time you have like, well, what, what is there to fight for? What is there to root for? And you really get that in those final moments. Um, and those are things that I really appreciated here. The film is far too long. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like two hours and 20 minutes. And I feel like if this was a movie that came out in theaters, there's stuff that definitely would be cut to make this, you know, like a straight, like two hour comedy, which would still be somewhat long, but at least I feel like there'd be trimming here. But because it's Netflix, I think McKay is like a four of the chance to be like, I'm just going to make my unrated extended cut now instead of waiting till later. Basically. Yeah, that's fine. Which yeah. It's fine because I'm not like, I'm, je- I'm entertained throughout the movie, but it does, right. but I can tell it's like, this could be shorter. I do agree. And I mean, we can talk more about this, but like it's there's a there's a thought that it's preaching to acquire as far as who this movie's for. But at the same time, because I want to explore this more, we we should definitely explore that more because I I have thoughts on that. At the same time, like I do think it's made in such a way where it's very broadly enjoyable. Like I, I, I think it obviously it has a perspective, but I think the way it's approaching that is pretty clever, which is why I think people not shouting at the internet all day and rather are enjoying this movie a lot i do think there's a lot of quality to get gain from this that's both from the comedic standpoint as well as you know what kind of messaging it's going after so like mm-hmm. i i really enjoyed this film i liked it a lot more than vice which i was not big on i think mckay found a good balance here as far as how to make his underlined points as well as how to make this broad thing work at the same time mm-hmm. the direction here i agree with you. there's a lot of interesting choices and i do think it has some of that chaotic energy that the big short really had and i think he's honed it in a lot better here than he did for vice so i mean this is i i really enjoyed don't look up i think it's really strong where do you want to head next well let's get into what i was just saying about the preaching thing. i want to hear your thoughts as far as how you felt the message was being handled yeah i mean like as i was watching this and adam mckay is is kind of um i don't know if he's he's definitely expressed it but he's made a movie called the vice where he's you know, making some points about 
the former vice president of the United States. And he made the big short about, you know, people who are uh, smart on paper, but actually not really smart on, on uh, in person with decision-making. So this movie, as I was watching, it was like, yeah, I agree with a lot of things that you're saying, Mr. McKay. Um, so I don't know if this is going to like reach a broader audience when he does get to those points where, um, you know, he, he has either sound bites or snippets of how the Republican party is, is basically not treating their, um, their base all that well. I think that he, d- he does well in those scenes, but at the same time, you know, it's not a whole lot of those. Like there is like a small revolt that leads to like a larger revolt kind of thing. But I, I kind of agreed with you that it feels as though it's kind of preaching to the same or to preaching to the choir in that, um, is it accessible to everybody? I think the answer is maybe, at least in my book, because uh, I would see that if you were watching this um, and maybe had opposing viewpoints, you might not enjoy it as much because you're just like, well, you know, I see the parallels that you guys are making fun of me for. Uh, therefore, I'm not as uh, enjoying this as much. Well, I don't think it's trying to, I don't think it's like, it's going to be fooling anybody as far as what it's necessarily about. But I do think by making it about a giant comet coming at you, regardless of how much one agrees with like the greater points being made, I do think there there's something that's more accessible about that. Cause that's, I mean, that's a general disaster movie premise that meant that anybody generally accepts. And I, I mm-hmm. think it, while it's, you know, it's going over certain things with yellow highlighter, I do think there's a, there's a there's a palatable premise here as far as getting a bunch of famous people together to go after this very specific thing and while whether or not that reaches success level for everybody as far as like what's it really trying to say i do think there's i think there's something agreeable about you know the way the the way a humorous take on this kind of plot um is 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 going Mm -hmm. um whether or not that's going to like change some hearts and minds or what have you that's beyond it to some degree i it because I, I again it is like whatever it's going after it's like it's not it's not making it subtle so it's like it's yeah it's it, really not making it subtle I, I agree with you there so it's yeah. it's a matter of is it also enjoyable aside from that aspect because like while it's satire it's not that it's not the deepest of satires compared to something like i know dr strange has been coming up a lot lately and it's like that movie <laughs> that movie's fucking sharp <laughs> this is sure, this, sure. Movie, this movie has like its ideas on its mind or whatnot but it's not like it's it's not making it hard to grasp what those are or like you know trying to yeah and that's why i use sly. like they're trying to be sly about it it's like yeah it's, yeah and that's why i use the term absurd earlier because there's a lot of absurdity with the way that um you do view these things i mean what they're showing you is probably not crazy off the mark in terms of Hey, great. I've got to meet with the president. The president's very busy. So yeah, here's a 20 minute time slot and it's not going to be today. So how about tomorrow? Or uh, let's get some sun bites and whatever else. Like the encapsulation of who these characters are as we move into like the character talk. It's like, yes, Kate Blanchett plays um, every blonde news anchor uh, on like a right wing place or like even in a, a left wing place. Um, there's certainly news anchors that, that are there just to spice things up. The same with like Tyler Perry. Um, Michael Chiklis kind of just is uh, hilarious as like um, a Fox News guy uh, mm-hmm. or just like super hardcore, right? Because I, I I was I never really envisioned Michael Chiklis as, as that, but you know I I definitely thought they don't he, make it hard. They don't make it hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like wow, yeah, no, I can totally see it. Um, and then Mark Rylance playing like Peter uh, Isherwell, who essentially is a combination of all these billionaires 
in their own quest for space. Yeah, he's um, like what well, he's Musk and Bezos and a little bit of Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs in there. <laughs> yeah, just... with like some weirdness and awkwardness of like Zuckerberg. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like again, all these billionaires who are like um, trying to think that yeah, I'm trying to do like the world some good, but there's also other things that I'm trying to do with like this this uh, you know um, with quote unquote like the the human um, uh, humanity in mind. So I thought that there was it was you know not too uh, not too deep but very on the nose and to your point like it is kind of like a drama or a a, a dramedy uh, and I think that it was handled in a in a well way I mean even something like The Big Short where he had a point there but I worked in finance during that time and I certainly saw those things I think the way that he sort of was trying to explain it to the American people. Uh, or at least the audience, I shouldn't say the American people, to the audience that he was going for was that, let me try and make these things that seem complicated, very simple for you. And also have all these cameos by all these actors and actresses tell you about uh, collateralized debt obligation or something like that. And in this one, they're not, there's no cutaway scenes to these definitions. They just are characters in the movie, whether that be Ariana Grande and Kid Cudi. Um, but the absurdity is still there. And I think that's really what, at least my takeaway of it is that yes, it's not so much about a comet hitting earth. It's kind of more about how, if this were to happen, these are all like the, the weird, like circum, uh, circumlocutus takes that we would take to get to a final solution. You know, with films, like with something like the big short, like I think what, cause I still think that's like of these three of in his like, prestige phase of his sure, directorial sure. career i thought i think the big sword is still like far and away the best one. Oh yeah and and that film yeah it's 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 hitting a certain kind of topic that like is it's more specific but like it's less about like pointing at a certain side and saying look at this i told you so that kind of thing it's more of like this very specific situation is going on and like yeah. people are being affected by it. compared to something like vice or this where yeah it's not necessarily going after everybody on a certain side, but it's certainly going after very specific people within a certain group. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't really view them as like going after people. Like I don't think McKay is going after like broader. Yeah. Things. Yeah. It's, yeah. Exactly. So like big short is like greed and how mm-hmm. it leads you to this and that. Um, and then this one is like about stupidity, quite honestly, and bureaucracy. Um, and so it, it's pretty fascinating. Just again, in broader strokes, this is what he's doing, and here are the examples. And he does have a really hilarious script in here. Like his training in SNL, um, it really comes into play here because some of these people are just like doing sketches. Yeah, and which you know that works to a degree, is because mainly because I just think the movie's funny throughout. So like, yeah. okay, like and that right. also contributes to why I think it's too long in places because there's things sure, you can sure. get rid of, and that I guess that can work to the actors as well because like we talked about Mark Rylance already a little bit. I do think the film would have benefited from having either more of him or just him doing something different with it. Like I, he kind of shows up early on just to establish him and then he's gone for a while yeah. and then he comes back again. And I don't think I ever just kind of found the right groove with him to like find him as entertaining as the other people. Did you like Mark Rylance in this movie? I did. And not because, uh, I mean, I see the things that you were describing as a character and as his on, uh, on off presence in the mm-hmm. movie. But I just like the way that he played him as like a weirdo with like mm-hmm. definitely veneers, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, socially awkward, which some of these founders of these large billionaire companies are or billion dollar companies are like socially awkward and kind of like um, 
think that they know everything, but they also don't know anything, if that makes sense. Um, so, like, I, I found his his uh, his performance in here, like, funny in a way that is, like, offhand, because Mark Rylance is a stage actor in, in Britain, and he's won Academy Award, and here he is, like, kind of playing, like, the opposite of the Oasis founder from uh, Ready Player One, uh, but yeah. yet Parallel Worlds, where it's just like, let me be a weirdo kind of guy, and um it's like a cousin of that guy yeah exactly (laughs) yeah instead of being like altruistic and like really into like 80s gaming let me just like try and be like a tech giant and tech mogul and Mm. become a god among men yeah (laughs) and like i i just i it's not like i hated him in this movie it's just like he's like he's lesser than compared to others that i thought were more effective and i but and that but that brings you to dicaprio's character which you talk about he's the star Mm -hmm. of the movie essentially um because i do think he's quite good here but I do think in talking about how long this movie is, I feel like it really could have been benefited by just taking out the entire subplot of him and Kate Blanchett. Like, I feel like that honestly yeah. just makes, it makes the movie, it just drags it down. And you could either remove that entirely, which I think if in a theatrical version, it probably would have not just existed. Or you give him that, you give that screen time to him and Rylance. I feel like that would have increased Rylance's role. You'd have more of him for one thing. So I could get more <laughs> on board of Rylance. And it'd just be probably funnier just seeing these two interact on a little bit. Yeah. For, for like DiCaprio, like, I agree with you that the movie's too long. And I agree with you that at some portions where DiCaprio and, and Lawrence are not together as a team, because at one point they kind of split up and go their separate ways. Mm-hmm. Um, they reunite later. But one of those things where uh, the plot has to go in a certain way. I did appreciate what McKay was trying to get at with that again, like in broader strokes. I mean, more, more explicitly, this is a person who rises to fame because they are um, an expert and then it becomes a celebrity status. Mm-hmm. So you could take this as um, uh, who's the astrophysicist guy. Astrophysicist, he's like, no, 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 not Rob Morgan's character. He's like a real person. Um, I forget his name, but the, the more recent, uh, analogy uh, of rob or uh, of dicaprio's character is actually like dr oz um who has like hey i'm a medical doctor i'm gonna start a tv show i'm gonna become a celebrity and now i'm running for like u.s senate i see what you're saying um yeah and so it's like one of those things where it's like hey by the way um the fame kind of got to me but now i'm celebrity status and now i i would like to like control uh, some things that I didn't have control before. Whereas like, I think DiCaprio's character in this movie has like a redeeming arc. And that redeeming arc is kind of like the central uh, emotional play um, of this movie, especially like toward the end there. So while I did think that there are some things where I could have seen them cut it out, like, you know, you're right. The Kate Blanchett stuff doesn't really add anything to it, but it's kind of just more of the high that you would get as you become more and more and more, because early on you do see that he, that, you know the asteroid the comet is named after jennifer lawrence's character but they kind of credit him with the finding and he doesn't reject it because so. he's because he's better with the media right like it's these yeah which was hilarious so they're like, like you need more. media training which is probably definitely you know you've been around hollywood more than i have i'm sure that that is actually a term it's it's funny that they well i mean there's a whole like I mean, yeah, sure, it's a term. I don't hear that being thrown around a lot but it made me think of like <laughs> because tyler perry's in this movie it made me think yeah. about him uh, throwing gummy bears at Ben Affleck and Gone Girl when he was trying to train him what? how to remember that he's like trying to he's trying to tell him how to be on TV and it's like every time you act too smug or every time yeah. you 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 seem irritated I'm gonna throw a gummy bear at you. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry, just to just to interject, the two people that I was thinking about were um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, 
Oh, uh, of course. Who's okay. like astro- astrophysicist, and she's like, "Hey, by the way, you've become a celebrity now." So sometimes he has like these hot takes on Twitter where like other astrophysicists are like, "That's actually not how it works." Um, and then the other person that I'm thinking about is Nate Silver of uh, who's okay. a yeah. mathematician statistician, mm-hmm. where it's like, "Hey, man, I'm predicting that President Obama is going to win and that Donald Trump is going to win as well." And people are like, "Oh, we should listen to that guy." And then he has like these wild takes now where he's just like, "Dude, you got to like stop this because you're actually just hurting people." By saying like, oh, if we if none of us get vaccinated, then COVID will be okay. It's like you got to cut this. Out. So um, I can definitely see that again. Leonardo DiCaprio is not all these people uh, or individuals of these. He's kind of like an amalgamation of these types of people. Sure, I do like how it it kind of plays with his image as far as mm-hmm. because of the way they address him as like handsome scientist and like <laughs> even though like he's clearly like for the role he's put on like some weight. I, I was wondering about that. Yeah. He's put on, yeah, he's put okay. on some weight and he's like, he's trying to present himself as like average dad. Yeah. Like, but I do, but I like it. The movie seems to acknowledge like it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, and everybody's right. attracted to him by just default. It's yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's, uh, it's hilarious. It's like, man, even as like uh, a regular dad, like he's still a good looking guy. Like it, it's like it's playing off his like inherent charisma, sure. which I found to be entertaining, but yeah. he, he's just, I mean, he, he knows what he's doing like he's he can be a very funny actor like people, DiCaprio yeah yeah I, I I don't think that's a, a new thing to know based looking purely at just like his recent roles in like Wolf of Wall Street and, and uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood clearly he knows how to be funny if he wants to be in a movie but it but he is funny in this movie <laughs> like he yeah. he makes his role work and he makes the stress feel real and I think that adds to it because of like the way he's both like committing to the comedic aspect but playing it completely straight Sure. I, I do yeah. think there's a good balance there. And I'd say the same for Lawrence. I do think Lawrence also knows how to be like funny in this movie, but also plays into the inherent terrified nature that both of these characters have because they know that there's this comet that has a 100% chance of blowing them up. Right. Like I do. And again, yeah, and their scenes together, I think are very effective. Yeah. And I would also mention that, you know, uh, you mentioned that DiCaprio has a nice outburst scene where mm-hmm. he's, he's kind of like, you know, just tearing into people and, and administrations and also just, I guess the public at large. Yeah. Um, and DiCaprio has been a large advocate for climate change. He even made a documentary about it like last year. Um, so I would, I would love that if I would not be surprised, I should say if McKay's direction to him in that scene was like, take everything that you've been feeling and just let it all out because, uh, and it feels very real. Like it doesn't from, feel as though DiCaprio is like, Hey man, like, let me act on this. Like from, he's been, uh-huh. from what i've understand he's he rewrote that scene 14 different times to, wow. to get it wow. the, the way that he wanted it to be because yes you're exactly right he's obviously been a very pro uh, uh he's, you know he supports al gore he's been working on like those documentaries for years mm-hmm. and whatnot like he's he's very much has his you know, when he's not doing this it seems like that's all he's so focused on also <laughs> so and yeah, putting it mm-hmm. all together into a, a big network-like scene of him bursting, you know, just saying everything out loud. Right. Yeah, it, it feels very yeah. much a piece with what he believes in and what McKay wanted to get out of him for this movie. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's also McKay's vehicle in those science scenes and like the absurdity scenes as well. Uh, can we talk about uh, Meryl Streep and Jonah Hill? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think Jonah Hill is very funny in this movie. Yeah uh meryl streep i think is fine uh i don't i think i think it's a bit of a coast for her like it's not a bunch of a a much of a stretch as far as what she needs to do here 
Um, that said, I do tend to prefer Streep when she's in like contemporary modern roles and doesn't need wigs and accents. So it's like, okay, cool. Like she's playing like it's a person. Um, and like her, you know, it's not the mo- it's not the deepest take on like this kind of president. Like, sure. especially given other like female political figures that are very outspoken. Uh, it seems like there's ways that she could have taken this to make it more extreme if she wanted to. But now she sure. plays it pretty. Yeah. Plays are pretty straight as far yeah, as yeah. I, I think that she's she's given pretty straight, considering that she is again a Republican president, uh, clearly modeled off of some of the the uh, previous administration's uh, actions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there's a lot of like, well, we don't have to say too much about it because you know who this person is supposed to represent, like by giving you photos of her and her and Steven Seagal. Or like uh, her and uh, a few other actors, like at one point you mean like hugging Bill Clinton. So clearly, previously, um, kind of like on both sides, kind of thing. And then yeah, it does. President, it does seem to have McKay like finding different ways to to, to rip into the nature of the presidency in general, sure. yeah. <laughs> as opposed to just one specific president. Which is, yeah. and, I mean, that's <laughs> that's fair and balanced, as some would like to say. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Who says that? Yeah. Not <laughs> a network that I watch. <laughs> But uh, but uh, but I do think Jonah Hill is yes the, yeah I was gonna focus on Jonah for a moment and that guy is hilarious like he just continues to be ever since like he's he's been working with like uh, or he's tried to like change his craft and kind of become a little more of like a quote unquote serious actor like just the way that he's so naturally like charismatic on the screen is it's so good and he has so many lines that I don't know how many of them are ad libbed I don't know how much of them like uh, McKay just you know uh, microphone to him. Um, for different takes but he just reads him so well and i found him absolutely like hilarious yeah he's like i i do like this the way characters playing it straight more than the ones that are like overly broad but i do Mm -hmm. think jonah hill is the one that rises at the top as far as that goes like i do think he really nails (laughs) the different lines that he has yeah yeah like is he much like honestly like rogan he just has chemistry of everybody like it's not really it, it, it seems like it comes naturally to him as far as how to like channel different energies whether it's with dicaprio or lawrence or streep like it, it seems like he just he nat he na- naturally gets how to like keep that conversation going which yeah. i guess is the role of like a natural improviser like he is like just yeah. kind of keep you know yes anding everything yeah, exactly um special shout out to Mel- melanie linsky who just continues to play these like small parts and does it with like a beautiful plum like she plays a- another wife character in this movie um and she's great as like a a person who has been hurt by by her husband she does and it's and it works really well as far as where it's going towards the end i do think the way they come back together um is effective in the moment also shout out to leo's adult sons in this movie yes (laughs) they look like leo (laughs) like they look like leo and melody had two children (laughs) yeah but i like that about uh this movie is that hey you know in other movies whether it be like world war z or whatever these people have like uh, younger children, uh, like, and then this one's like this guy's in, in, he's gonna go to law school. When his son's gonna go to law school, he got like seven one hundred and seventy two on his Elsa, which is amazing. It's out of one eighty, so great job. And his other son is I forget what his other son does, but you know they're adult sons. Yeah, they're you're, yeah <laughs> they're they're yeah. they're college age if not older. Like it's just it was, and they just the way they made them look, it's just like oh that yeah that that fits. Yeah, <laughs> it's the fits what they're doing here. <laughs> um how about uh timothy chalamet timothy chalamet comes Dude, in kind this of guy over halfway been, into the movie yeah this guy's been on a roll last year this year he's gonna continue to be on roll he's one of the best actors of his generation 
Um, him playing a gamer, I forget his name, but uh, Yule. Is that what it was? His name is Yule. Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I think he only mentioned like one time. That's probably why I don't remember it. But I thought that he played a good. He has a serious side to him in this movie. He and does. His serious side in the movie really gets me. Um, like he plays like kind of like a hippie, like you know, uh, stoner loner kind of guy. Um, but at the same time, like there's parts where praying and then um, there's another part where they're driving and he asks if he can be vulnerable in the car and i was like this is such like what what a nice character trait to to um show on the screen and then obviously he's got like his uh dinner scene thing where i was like this is just you know like good on chalamet for these line readings because he doesn't have a lot but he's a character that i was like this is a cool guy yeah, no, he he makes his role in McKay. They they make the role necessary because it's easy to be like you could easily cut this guy out if he didn't offer anything beyond just being another zany character. But I completely agree with you. The, the, this dramatic side, which focuses on something that the rest of the movie doesn't really have, which is uh, you know the religious aspect of this. It's not a huge right. component of the film, but there is this you know idea of there is a comet coming to end the world. What do some people think about that? And here's mm-hmm. a character who has his, and he even explains it. He has his own. He came to faith his own way, and he has a, a you know a, a thought process going behind that that shifts based off the fact that this comet is in fact coming. Like it's it's neat to see that kind of play out the way it does for this film based on mm-hmm. his character, as well as seeing him like address things with the others that are yes at times comedic but also yes dramatic. So it's mm-hmm. I agree with you. Like he's he's very talented. <laughs> like yeah. I in the past year I completely agree. It's like I really I liked him a lot in Dune in a role that is not the showiest. I liked him plenty in uh, in uh, French Dispatch, and right. yeah, now he comes in at the end of the year, swoops in an hour into Don't Look Up. He's like, by the way, I'm here too, and has a good time. <laughs> yeah, as as the kids say it these days, he understands the assignment like every time. Because uh-huh. you mentioned Dune, where he's got to play uh, a young new sapling kind of character that's coming into power, and he does that very well. And then he he's in French Dispatch, where he's kind of like playing a childhood revolutionary, and he does that very well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, here he is playing like again this guy from a town in Illinois, and he he brings like I think that in uh, in past lives, um, like in an old movie, this might have been a character that would have been played by Brendan Fraser or Polly Shore, where it's just like that's a little bit too much, you know what I mean? Where it's like they because Polly Shore would have just been like Polly Shore, and you're just like I see what you were trying to go for, but this is too much. Uh, so, but Chalamet kind of brings. Um, like a nice uh, dramatic side to it. Um, I I do want to shout out my guy Hamish Patel. He's um, yeah, he's he's fun I, in the bit he has. <laughs> but I actually just want to shout out his career because like, <laughs> he he comes to us introduced in yesterday, mm-hmm. and then he gets to work with like Noel Gaffrey on Lawrence. And it's like, dude, this guy is just like all over. It's great. Like the only thing that sucks, like they give him they make him do American accents, and so it's like, dude, Hamish Patel tell your agent super kudos and and great job on you for landing these roles man he's uh very good on what i've seen of station 11 so far as well oh that's right yeah he's in station 11 with another american accent yeah i don't want to forget about my man rob morgan because i think he's consistently great in things yes and i like seeing him here as well i i think he he's he's not designed to be the funniest character but i do think he gets how to play the joke when he needs to Mm -hmm. but also he just brings a lot of like the right kind of like i don't know authority to the role that that he's sure. in is, is dr teddy oglethorpe 
um, <laughs> who plays the head of the planetary defense coordination ops, which is a real thing. So yeah, it's like they paused the movie to tell you that. Yeah. And I was like, I wish the movie did that more. I was surprised it didn't do, have as much of that. Um, of, the uh, like, yeah, like these like did. Yeah, like Big Short and, and Vice yeah. for that matter, like as far as yeah. pointing out the irony of things that actually do exist or what have you. Right. Uh, but no, he's he's very, I think he's very good here as well. And yes, he does get a lot of good stuff to do throughout. But at the end, particularly, he has some moments to really add to that whole. Scene. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. I mean, Rob Morgan, we've seen him in other things, too. He's kind of like a supporting cast member in a lot of things, although he was like, um, was he in recently where I was like, this is incredible from. Uh, I mean, he's a solid character guy for sure, but he's been in. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at his IMDb. Well, he was in Last Man, Black Man in San Francisco. Um, he, yeah, he, he, he was... plays like the dad in Last in the Last Man in San Francisco, um, the last Black Man in San Francisco, and like he's such like a mean dad in that in that role. And mm-hmm. again, it kind of just shows you like like to your point, he's such a great character actor. So he is bringing a lot to the table because he you think Mudbound, that Mudbound was another. I was like he was like Mudbound, one of the main guys in Mudbound. Yeah. He's great in that. Yeah, but I think I was thinking about Last Black Man in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's one of those things where um, you kind of think that he's in, like he's a government in, and yet he is not, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have the authority to do this or that. And then he kind of gets pushed aside, and he is a character that uh, is sympathetic. Um, and I mean that sincerely, like, not empathetic, just sympathetic, because you're just like, I have been in this person's shoes where I thought that I had, and this is not like a... a, a Oh, racing at all it's kind of just more like i thought that i you're you're a senior editor it's like i thought i was senior editor i thought i had more sway and mm-hmm. it's like oh great now my ceo is telling me that like he's not going to publish this thing um and it sucks being in those positions because i think a lot of people have been in those positions where you thought you were a director of something a vice president of something and and your your core doesn't carry as much water yeah for sure and like I know it's not specifically a race thing, but there, there's some subtle there, there to, to things going on as far as how people are addressed in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and actually, speaking of that, uh, the running joke about the like lieutenant general that charges yes. them for the snacks that is the fun that like that's the funniest thing to me that it, it like not only was a thing but just kept coming up in the movie because yes. Lawrence wouldn't like let it go because even as the audience, I'm thinking why would he do this? Like, right. It's such a weird little bit. And yeah. I, like, that's, that's the kind of like little thing that I, I love that McKay puts in his movies. There's yeah. like no reason for this to happen, but it's like a thing that happens and then keeps coming back over and over again. I, I, I did love that running joke too. It's brought up at least three times yeah. and it's funny every time. But the other thing is also that speaks to like your point about how long the movie is. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like one of those things where it's like, Oh, McKay could have easily cut this. You know what I mean? Um, but he he keeps it in here and again it's um if it's gonna be his netflix director's cut then fantastic but i can see like it's it's almost like a um a metaphor for how long his movie is sure yeah uh here's a question for you yes uh there is a song in this film called just look up Mm -hmm. um that is sang by ariana grande featuring kid Kid cutty um it has the potential to be nominated for an oscar are you serious it, I mean, they're they're champ. They're marketing it that way. They want it to get in the Oscar nom- conversation. Yeah. Um. Do you uh, do you did you like the song? Since the movie t- takes like the full four minutes to play the whole song. <laughs> <laughs> I I enjoyed the song. I don't know if I loved it. My I did enjoy it for what it was and the lyrics. And I thought that it was a hilarious, like almost um, lonely island slash you know mm-hmm. never uh never stop pop star. D- yeah, pop star. Don't stop. Connor for real. Stop. Yeah, kind of for real, like don't stop, don't never, whatever the, the title, <laughs> never stop, never, never stop, never stopping. Yes, that's correct. Uh, yeah. But it, it certainly has like a lot of um, 
joke irony lyrics to it, but they do mean something. So as far as like being nominated, congratulations. If you are nominated, that'd be great. Um, but I thought that it was, it was a good song. I don't know if it's a great song. Sure. I, I don't have too much thoughts on it. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't listened to it again. It's just more like, Oh yeah, that is like a big, big point of this movie. <laughs> they like play the right. song in full. Um, I mean, that's but, definitely like a, a signature of McKay, right? Like we would talked about, like let me make sure. something serious, but, but it, it does come into play as far as the, what the meaning of it is, because by the, the time you're hearing that song, it's after you've basically seen the comets. Mm-hmm. And I, that's a little thing that I really enjoy about like a part of this movie that I enjoy, like when they, when it's actually just like right there on the sky and they start telling people like, look, it's been there the whole time. Yeah. It's the kind of thing where I, I just like the visualization, I guess, as far like, you know, we've already got to the point where at that point in the movie, it there's, it's not unobvious as to what we're talking about. Sure. Yeah. But I, and I like how McKay kind of visualizes that by showing you, it's like, it's been there the whole, like we've, we've been trying to tell you it's been there the whole time. Here it is. You yeah. can see it. Just, just look at the sky you can find it right and that's why i love the you know the counter argument that the other side has it's like if you don't look up it's not really there um but i i think that there's also speaking of of cutaways mm-hmm. i think McKay has like really interesting visions in his head of like i i did enjoy like his cut scenes of animals nature humans kind of just mm-hmm. doing their own thing but i also really loved his visualization of space and what this comet would look like coming mm-hmm. toward earth or the planets and whatever else like I don't know how he did that, like whether, whether it was like um, some sort of like uh, uh, scaled down composition or if it was all just computer generated. But I thought that it was really well done and it kind of made me feel like the vastness of it. Uh, but also like I, DiCaprio or I forget who describes it this way, but it's a, it's like, you know, devastating and beautiful, like looking at this thing charging toward Earth and then breaking apart in the atmosphere. It was really well done. Yeah, by the time it's like, very close and you're seeing like the people of like chile because they're going like only off the coast of chile is like what they're saying yeah. and you see it like just them watching it it's like there's a level of beauty in this movie um that's appreciated because it could yeah. just be like a silly comedy um but it's i mean it's a well shot like it's the center of his uh, line of sangren he's worked with Ch- he works with chazelle on his movies oh wow david okay. russell and gus van sant like it's you know mckay is not an idiot as far as how this stuff works he no. gets good people yeah. to work with him that same and he certainly guy. Like built up like enough of a cachet in Hollywood to be like, hey man, I'm trying to make a movie. Would you like to be a part of it? I mean, he's an Oscar winner. I mean, he's an yeah, Oscar that's winner that's making movies that are quote unquote serious to yeah. whatever degree they are. I mean, he's not. I mean, they're pretty serious, yeah. They're yeah, just like, yeah. They're, yeah, I think like the effect the, is like they're comedic. Yeah, there's an irreverence to them, but it's yeah. still like movies that are trying to like be about something and sure. whether or not, you know, people think it's you know, just this elite guy who's working with other elites to make a movie. It's like, okay, but like he's, he's churning out original films that, that are trying to do something that work for a broad audience. And that's not an easy thing to do. Um, yeah. And like but, we said, he's had messages in all of his other movies as well, whether it's like Anchorman 2 and like male masculinity, toxic male masculinity kind of thing. Um, but the other thing that I want, I, I have a question for you, sure. this and Melancholia, mm-hmm. uh, both similar topics. What's your what's your go to? I mean, I, I melancholy is the better movie for me, <laughs> but, and honestly, the first half is pretty funny. So it's like it's not like yeah, it's yeah. without humor either. So it's, like, <laughs> I it's I mean, it would probably be melancholy. Like yeah, yeah. I, I really like I like that was like I believe like like number three of the year that year. And I yeah, gave, it was like, pretty five, high in your list. Five stars. Like I really like melancholy, and I think yeah. it's it's incredibly depressing and makes me feel all kinds of bad. But I yeah. still think it's a it's a pretty wonderful film as far as sure. everything that it, that it accomplishes the performances and the the tone and 
just how much of like that's it that it presents to you which it does right, right at the get-go because the first minutes of the movie are this is what's going to happen by the end of the movie guess what <laughs> it happens <laughs> so it's... And guess what i don't know things might be the same and don't look up mm. um yeah any other I, you mentioned I mean, Grutel's score early on i just yeah, wanted to I was, I was like, we, t- we talked a lot about like the technical aspects which i wanted to get out of the way because those were really well done and we talked about the characters like anything else on your plate i just i wanted to mention again Grutel's score because i do think it's really yeah. good um, he's worked on all Barry Jenkins films as well. Like he's he's more and more becoming like one of the best composer contemporary composers out there for me. As far as like if Bertel's name is attached, it's like cool. I'm sure. glad to see him doing more. Yeah. Um, but I you do know who's think- not happy to, to hear his name? Uh, Displa. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, now nah, I've got competition. I was the only man. I was the only name in town winning all these Oscars. <laughs> but I, I I do think his um his score is quite good here. It's very it has this yeah. really interesting vibe as far as yeah that's how i describe it too how do you how do you find a way to score satire and that's the question he's answering in this movie because there's like a seriousness to it but at the same time he has this like poppy upbeat thing going on yeah too there's like flights of fancy whimsy that i found in it too and it's like Mm -hmm. oh this is like a well done score like it makes me feel whatever they want me to feel on the screen like which which is interesting because you have Scenes that are played for comedy, but are also incredibly frustrating towards the beginning when sure. Lawrence and DiCaprio are just trying to explain the very basics of what's happening and they're bad at it. So that's not helping you either. Because mm-hmm. we as the audience are like, just tell them there's a comic coming. And he won't, they can't just say it that way. And then it just, it builds into these awkward moments. And it's like, but then you have this, like, I mean, the way the score is handled and the way the movie's shot too, as far as these like close ups and dropping the sound out at moments and stuff. Like, there's just a lot of, good work going on to like bring these beats together i would agree yeah and i I guess in closing i mean that last scene or that not the last scene but that last that old uh, yeah that ending sequence yeah yeah, it it is really good like it is really good in a way that uh really kind of ties all these characters uh, out i mean even dicaprio has like a great line about basically you know what what everyone takes for granted every day um and kind of just like how you never really need anything. You kind of just needed like the people in your life. Um, and it's just, I'm glad that they didn't do an ending where I would have disagreed with, where I was like, oh, you know, something else happens or that or that happens. Um, it's the ending that is expected uh, and it continues on its mission. So kudos to them for for sticking that landing. I mean, I, I've had a good run of late with movies that present this, end of world scenario and mm-hmm. how it's going to deliver on that um the movies i've seen that have done that have i've i've tend to really like um yeah. most most of them have made my top 10 <laughs> in the past there you go. so i'm also i'm just a very depressing person again when it comes to this kind of thing <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that but but, you know, uh, but i also just, just enjoy good cinema and, and i do and risks I, and i and and i do think they effectively accomplish these things but at yeah. the same time as you're mentioning about this final scene I don't think outside of like comedy, which is also a huge emotion, but I don't think I've gotten more emotional for an Adam McKay film. Um, That's an interesting in, question. In this or kind point. of in this kind of way, like I've been yeah. very emotional in terms of I've laughed a ton at some of his oh, movies, sure, 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 sure. but in terms of this kind of sadder <laughs> emotional thing, I don't think there's a movie he's done that for with me on this. And, and yeah. by, that's by design as well. I don't think there's anything that sad in the other guys in, when they decide that they're equals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I do think that that whole final bit between all the, you know, the, the main character, like this, just, it's really good. It's really yeah. well acted. It's really well structured. It's really well staged. It, so. It's really what makes me want to go and watch it again a second time. It not, not, like, not to like just get to that scene, 
but like the lead up of all these characters and whatever mm-hmm. else. And then, you know, we get there and um, it is uh, again, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it because of the impact of, of uh, what I'm seeing on the screen and how DiCaprio is able to like kind of pull off, like again, just DiCaprio dad. Mm-hmm. Well, this movie is currently playing on net. It's streaming on Netflix. When should people go and see this movie? If you're a fan of McKay's work, I think you should see it right away. And if you're a fan of like anybody on this cast, like they all turn in good performances. Sometimes some of them great performances. Like Pearlman is just like doing like, the he's, most ridiculous guy. He's fun. <laughs> yeah, but I would say that you should stream it. Uh, as soon- yeah, no, I I think the movie's quite a bit of fun. I think I I, I really enjoyed it. So I, and I think it what whatever whatever flaws it has, it's just it's it's the kind of thing where it's addressing things that you know certainly are on my mind um and it's doing it in a way that i find to be both very frustrating but also very entertaining and somehow that really works for me <laughs> so sure. I, am, I i'm happy that mckay was able to channel that energy in the right way and yes you do have a very strong cast here and you know dicaprio tends to make very good choices as far as the movies he stars in so it's not surprising to me that yes he uh, made this one work as well <laughs> uh, so yeah go uh, stream this right away it looks great there on netflix go. in 4k <laughs> so there yeah all right. Well, uh, that's been our review for Don't Look Up, and that is going to bring us to the end of uh, this week's episode. Uh, about now, Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work at my personal blog at codezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I write reviews over at League of Entertainment. I have some Blu-ray reviews over at Why So Blue. Actually, my, you can find my my top 10 lists Whoa. for my favorite films of the year and my favorite movie moments of the year at League of Entertainment. And you can find my top my top 10 4k and blu-ray picks for the year at wise of blue along with my most anticipated films for this come this year 2022 wow yeah i know i've been a lot made a lot of lists yeah and um wait wait give me give me a taste of one of your favorite moments one of my favorite moments um what's a good one uh, they're all good <laughs> i mean there's a bit there i mean there's a point in godzilla versus kong where godzilla grabs mecha godzilla's arm and mm-hmm. king kong grabs mecha godzilla's other arm and they both ram him through a building and i'm thinking this is cinema like this is like one of the best things i've ever seen in a movie <laughs> so there that's yeah i got it wwe move yeah that's pretty good yeah and i had the perfect gift for that part and everything it, it, <laughs> all, it all came together um so yeah all that stuff's on those sites i do some stuff for variety i actually talked to the costume designer for spider-man which is on variety now and um, I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. It, did you ask him a question of like, when you were trying to get Peter to just live by himself, did you say like open shirt or closed shirt? I no. couldn't ask certain questions. Uh, okay. I, I, <laughs> I was limited on what I could ask because I could only ask basically what was based on things in the trailer. That's what I could ask. About. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So you're telling me that the spider suit, nanotechnology? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find more of my stuff over at my Instagram, abe.mua and twitter.com slash watersmoose, hashtag why would a two-star general <laughs> charge us for free things? You can find out the other episodes of the podcast at iTunes, Audible, Spotify, or Stitcher. Also, how to make it HSWLD. Email us at notpockets at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash podcast or hit us at twitter.com slash underscore podcast. And our Instagram page, instagram.com slash underscore podcast as well. Uh, that's been our show for this we week. did it i know um Oof. there's still plenty of stuff to cover we licorice pizza is out there the tragedy of Macbeth is going to be streaming very soon enough um, oh wow so, yeah, is it yeah so stay so stay tuned we have things that when we is to cover. uh uh nightmare alley gonna be streaming because i felt bad that that run was like crushed by spider-man slash like just people not <laughs> theaters not playing it I mean, it's a regular movie, so it probably won't be streaming until a little while. 
uh, mm-hmm. from now, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see when, Bummer. when you'll be able to check it out. Uh, but yeah, uh, plenty of things coming along, but that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. How's your how's your holiday? Uh, I've been good. I mean, I've been off of work since the 23rd because I had yeah. all this time off and I haven't used it. So I'm like, I guess I'm just using oh, it nice. now. So it's definitely been, need to take those days off, man. What? Definitely need to take those days off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been nice. I haven't, you know, gone anywhere, but I, well, beyond just like being with Anna and stuff. But like, I, yeah. but I got, a, I like, I got rid of a ton. Like, I've just been cleaning out my closet. So I got like a bit of a like M&M. Just, Exactly. I was thinking that exact same thing. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> I'm cleaning out my closet. It's like all raining, and you're just wearing a white beater and jeans with exactly. like an axe pick, just just like you would do. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> so I, I gave up white beaters a long time ago. Now I'm just like I'm I'm comfortable with uh, just wearing a t-shirt underneath. <laughs> so I got rid of like two giant trash bag worth of clothes that I'm just not wearing. Which oh felt wow! Like, it just felt good. I have like all these hangers. <laughs> <laughs> So you can kill Michael Myers when he invades your house. Yeah, well, no, exactly. you probably don't have any wire hangers. They don't have those. I got wire hangers. Okay, I got, I got, I got all the hangers. So you got to fashion that, into a weapon. Yeah, exactly. Any any guy that comes at me, I have different hangers to get them. Just make sure that you but, don't uh, you don't turn your back on him. Exactly. Yeah, I will. Okay. I but, thought about um, I thought about uh, Michael Myers like um, as you do. No, like on the drive up, I was like, man, what a fucking like. Remember how we were talking about what a what a crack up he is? Yeah, like, yeah. let me breaks, just yeah. yeah, let me just you know position these dead bodies the way that they are in the photo. I'll, I'll reverse it, but you know it's fun. <laughs> and I was like, classic like, Michael. Guy. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, these, like this Danny McBride and uh, uh, who's the director? David Gordon Green. David Gordon Green. Like this version of Michael is hilarious. <laughs> so like, I need it's to just, see it's like on, it's on it's on path with the with, pre, with the old Michael. He's doing the same thing. He, I mean, like, yeah, he he kind of he steals is, a like, fucking gravestone just to put it on a bed just to be like, look at this. It's not this. It's not my sister, but if you think about actually, it, like that's you're, the logic you're right. that one. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I, I that, apologize. One, that one even requires some thinking because it doesn't have a picture to go on. He's just like, look if he just look and at this also, girl he, I killed. He, he and wasn't at the funeral. He had to like go and like do some investigative sleuthing. Yeah, he had to find the great. Yeah, yeah. To find the great. Like he doesn't like. Yeah. I guess there's you, only you, had a pretty small. He's standing. He's standing with like a map in his hand, scratching his head. Like, okay, <laughs> it's plot A. 
row four. People are looking at him, the guy yeah. in the mask. And he's like, "Don't so worry what, about what, me, folks. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just trying to. Find, you, you do your thing. I'll be over here." No, what, what they didn't show you is he actually goes into the office and he's trying to be nice, but he ends just ends up just killing everybody and steals a map of like steals a map of all the people that are buried there. And he walks over to Strode because you know he's learned how to. Or I'm sorry, that's Strode. That it, it, Lori is on his sister in the first one, so it's just Myers. Yeah, yeah. But um, you're right. Yeah, I take that back. What I said about find the thing. Green. And then he has yeah. to keep, then he kills all the friends and he puts them in different spots in the house, assuming and, and, that she'll yeah. just happen to get to these places. Exactly. Like, look at this one. Look, she popped out of a <laughs> Like, not only that, but, you know, he's got the bed sheet thing going on, you know, pertaining yeah, to the bed sheet thing. That's the best, too. Like, I'm going to yeah. go up here and kill this girl, but I, I'm going to put my, I'm going to put the bed sheet on. They're going to take the glasses off this dude I just murdered and put them on. She's not going to know the difference. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hilarious. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she won't notice that, you know, her boyfriend became like six feet seven. And like two hundred. The boyfriend's pretty tall, also. So it's like I, I have the yeah. perfect prank. <laughs> I think, I think like the most brutal one, if we're thinking about that, is like it's probably just like the sheriff's daughter then, because he doesn't, he doesn't prank anything with her. He's just like, hey, I'm outside. No, I'm not. Oh, I might be in the laundry room. No, I'm not. I'm in the backseat of the car, and now you're dead. Well, he kind of pranks her because the first the, the door is locked, and she has to go all the way back in the house, and the door is unlocked, <laughs> and he fogs up the he fogs up the window fogs, also. Yeah, from breathing. Yeah, yeah probably that's the only reason it's fogged yeah, up because yeah, she's yeah. sitting in there breathing. <laughs> I mean, she should have seen that on the on the outside, but you know, she was. Well, she did. She, she once she got in, she was like, she's wait like a minute, it, and then it was yeah, too late. Yeah, too late. But the thing is, like, what sucks is like he does he strangle her and then he knifes her, which is like. You know, he's like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll go for the night. So it becomes it becomes brutal. And oh yeah, it's the yeah, it's pretty cold. Is, is he in? Is, does he put her in their house in the first one? Yeah, like he the, takes the every body, every person he kills, he puts into the into the into the, into the house, house in some yeah. some position. So Lori yeah, can because like the girlfriend is like in the closet, <laughs> just like in the fucking like in the in the linen closet, and she's yeah. just like is curled up. It's like this, yeah, is her, her arm like pops out. Everything's like okay, Michael. Oh <laughs> wait, no, does he take the sheriff's daughter and put her in the bed? No, the, you know, he t- it's PJ Souls' character, the other one. He puts her, the one who he kills while wearing the bed sheet. She's in the bed. Oh, she's in the bed. Okay. The sheriff's daughter's in one of the closets. Oh, that's sucks. One of the other boyfriends is in another closet. Like, they're all, the rest of them are all in closets. Yeah. Basically. I mean, okay, he's he is just being a weird scamp at that point. Oh, yeah. Because there's, yeah. again, since he's not her sister, it's just like, I'm just going to set up his house to rig it to go at some point. I mean. So, like, that's his whole deal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many, how many, like, uh, Ernest goes to Ernest scared straight or whatever to be watching in that mental institution? <laughs> like, let me just make this as hilarious as possible. Oh, I like, assume it's more of like a, he's a big Abbott and Costello fan. He's just like, <laughs> that's his head. Oh, that deal. makes sense because he can only watch Ernest the classics. Is, Ernest is after. Ernest yeah, is in yeah. the early 80s. So he's... That's right. Yeah, he can only watch the classics. So he's just like chuckling along with like, um, with Dr. Uh, Zhivago or whatever his name yeah. is. Yeah, <laughs> that classic comedy, Dr. Zhivago. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, no, no. What's the do- what's the doctor's name in the in the new one where he lets him go? I forget his name. But whatever. A doctor, it's like not Satan. It's like Satan. Oh, is that what? <laughs> yeah, because it's very, it's very, it doesn't try to fool you that he's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, hey, by the way, surprise. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Not a surprise, though. Although I was kind of shocked that he wasn't dead when he got ran over, but, you know. Yeah, really <laughs> yeah and then like uh and then uh what's his face i forget his name well no well he he's dead for sure it's um what's his face will 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 um will Patton. He will Patton, yeah but will Patton, like very much oh oh will Patton actually shoots him will will no will Patton. Will no the Patton. boy accidentally shoots him the boy who gets his like his head caved in yeah okay yes the boy the boy shoots dr satan <laughs> yeah dr satan <laughs> but just like wings him basically. in the shoulder he's yeah. fine 
then Dr. Satan, he, he, he takes off Michael's mask and then Will Patton comes up behind him and Dr. Satan stabs Will Patton. Right. And, right. The, and then, and cause we talked about this in the commentary because yeah. we real we realized this as we were watching it. It's like, Oh, he like, he not only stabs Will Patton, then he gets in the cop car with, with, um, with Michael, with Michael and the, and, young, and, the uh, youngstrode yeah. um, and runs Will Patton over. So oh, okay. that movie we're like, Oh, he should be dead, but in Halloween Kills, he's like, I guess he's still alive. We just retconned the part where yeah. he he very much ran him over and killed him. Part. <laughs> I mean, the the part where Will Patton shows up in the in the second one is just yeah. like, yeah, it's fun because yeah. you know his eyes open and then it just I think it like cuts the music or something like that. Um, but I can't remember. I think it's fine because I like Will Patton. So I was like, good for him. Good that he's arrived. <laughs> like, I like Will Patton because he has the best line in Armageddon of "What are you doing with the gun in space?" <laughs> so I just watched Armageddon. I was <laughs> doing I was doing my top ten, and I was like, I need something perfectly dumb that I don't have to pay attention to in the background. Uh-huh. So I put on Armageddon because it was there, and I hadn't seen it since in full since I want to say since like, like 1998. Honestly, no, I haven't watched because I just I'm not an Armageddon guy. Yeah, and I watched it, and it's like it's fine like for the time being it's number 10 of of my in my in my michael bay rankings it'll probably get moved out because i think Mm. ambulance will probably be pretty good Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like it's i still don't like it but it's like it's tolerable it's it's better than bay's worst but uh and it's because of that cast it's a big jerry bruckheimer 90s huge cast cast. and And like they're all like brand names they are and and the movie's brave enough to kill half of them midway through and like that's that's pretty cool that they are really, not yeah died, like and not even really not even in, in like a way that is like oh no there goes owen wilson we're like the other ship is down yeah just like, <laughs> like, the like they're ship. all dead <laughs> yeah it's, it sucks <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to pay taxes anymore ever <laughs> i love <laughs> owen wilson just being owen wilson you guys this is monumental it's like such an own Wilson line anyhow Willis, honestly he seems like he's in two movies like one at one point he's like i'm just one of these oil guys look at me i'm a fun loving dad and the other he's like this is the most serious fucking thing we could talk about billy bob thornton i am bruce willis everything I mean, it, matters it and also doesn't like, help that like you know bay's doing like his bay zooms and his bay like uh camera movement so it's it's weird that this is worse than the rock where it's like this should be better right he just comes off doing his best movie he should be better at doing this and it's a terribly made movie from his standards it's, I mean, you know, it was probably just <laughs> a combination of uh, I'm really high on making my last movie and now people know my name and let me just get a whole bunch of like A-list actors to be in this movie and shoot it like a music video. It's that and also there was a, he does shoot it like a music video, but there also was like Disney locked it pretty heavily. They did the same to him in Pearl Harbor, which he quit like mm-hmm. three times where they just basically took control of the editing after a while. And it's like, he knows what he wants to do. So if someone else is coming in to do that thing, it's like, they're not going to do it right. So it looks like crap, like in a lot of the the way it's edited. I've never actually seen Pearl Harbor. So. It's not good. <laughs> and it's, yeah. you know, two times the length of most of his movies. <laughs> so it's, it's a like real two, pun- hour, two hours and 30 minutes. It's a real uh, punishing tour. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, well, good chat about Michael Myers and yeah. also about Michael Bay. <laughs> so anyway i've been off work uh for the past oh, week. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's what we talked about <laughs> yeah that's like, that's how we got into all this send me okay. that other bit that we just did though like i can because I, I want to put <laughs> the that halloween the, bit? i want to put the halloween bit in just like just like a random thing <laughs> toss it on a random what article. a scamp yeah with no okay. with no article or anything just put it how old there. is michael myers now he's like in his 70s he would well well, I guess if there is was... there, someone does know the math on this. I believe he's in his sixties. Oh, okay, sixties. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Okay, he still he still has enough energy then. Okay, I forget the God. What is it? <laughs> no, no, we don't need to look this up right now. Just ballparking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. ballparking. If he's in his sixties, he's yeah. got enough energy to like do all these like shenanigans. <laughs> 
well when that movie came out he was in his like 20s or whatever like, yeah, yeah yeah i mean like he was put away in like 58 or something like that and then 68 comes around and he's like a full grown 78 man. that's what i'm saying oh 78 okay 78 yeah. the movie so it's like whatever 60 yeah like 60 yeah yeah six or five or something like he's that. in his 20s in part one in part one he's in his 20s he's yes. like a full-grown man yes this is the, that's the point that's why there he was moving moved because he was like he aged out of whatever this is yeah. so <laughs> we anyway. keep going on michael myers <laughs> it's new year's we're, we're like three holidays off from this <laughs> right yeah we're, we're, we're pretty far along i mean but hey it's still the holidays we should be talking about krampus or something <laughs> Krampus. i i wish i would make a krampus too i, I really do all right let's, let's do all the right. show